0: being able to adjust
1: to every game and figure out how you win. As I said, I thought tonight the offensive glass played a big part in it, and we hit some timely, timely threes. But the one thing that's consistent through all that is the ability to defend. And I think our guys are doing a really good job of executing in a game plan, and they're also connected enough that they're making, you know, adjustments on their own in specific situations. I thought Royce and and Rudy in particular did an excellent
2: job of that tonight. That's Quinn Snyder learning how to win different ways. And that was after the win in Indiana. Now they're back home to face the Boston Celtics. Jazz are going to be missing Mike Conley. Celtics are going to be without Marcus Smart. Plus, they listed Jalen Brown. It's questionable. He's day-to-day with uh, knee problems. Smart's out with a calf injury. And Conley's got the hamstring issue. So, depending on who plays, I guess you can uh, put this game uh, up as a big game or... Just another and a long march through the middle of the league, PK. Celtics are coming in 12-10 and 10 in this one.
1: What do you mean by big game?
2: Do you view the Celtics as a quality team? And then there's a question, well, I view them as a quality team if they have Jalen Brown. But if missing Brown and Smart, now they're just a middling team. And when they get their guys back, they'll be quality. I don't know how you're going to rank the Celtics.
1: Uh, I mean, they're okay. with or Without these guys, they're okay. Uh, I don't think they're anything big threat, even – Jalen Brown, I didn't realize he was Larry Bird here.
2: So chalk it up. This ought to be five in a row then, which would be 16 out of 17. Awesome run.
1: Well, I think when you're at the level the Jazz are playing, you're like the Lakers. Well, sure. You chalk it up if that's what you want to say. but the Lakers' last two games, they've needed overtime to win. They're better than these opponents, but on any given game, you never know. But uh, obviously, when I look at the rosters, I think the Jazz are better than the Celtics. And going forward, just about every game that they're going to play, I think the Jazz are going to be better. If you look at it that way, you got to go win the game. But if you're going to step back and look at it, I think they're better than just about every opponent that they're going to play this season.
2: Jazz tip-off tonight at 8 o'clock. The game is on TNT. Our coverage right here on The Zone starts at 7 o'clock. Jake Hatch, Tim Lacombe with Jazz Game Night, the pregame Zombie. show.
1: at Jake Hatch, wow. Jake Scott,
2: Tim Lacombe. I'm getting the call-up to the big leagues. Let's go. 7 o'clock. You really would be. I mean, you're already here a lot. That would really put – get a cotton move in at that point. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NBA. Washington, to ball, right side, catch and shoot three, is good! LaMelo ball, seven threes, a Hornets rookie record tying triple. Porzingis against Reed with five to shoot, puts it on the floor, got by him, and to the rim, going to the floor, and laid it up and in, moving from left to right. To the left corner, Murray, with two to shoot, Murray's got to fire up a shot in a hurry from the corner, he does, a three-pointer, it's good! DeJounte Murray swishes a left corner three at the end of the shot clock, and the Spurs now lead 101-97.
2: Schroeder wants LeBron, gets it to him. Dort has that assignment, and LeBron just spins and slams.
1: (laughs) Spinning slam for the king.
2: Lakers, as PK mentioned, in overtime, they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 119-112. They didn't have Anthony Davis in that game. LeBron came up with a triple-double. He had that after three quarters, actually, and finished with 28 points, 14 rebounds, 12 assists. They dominated the OT. They won that 9-2. Good rally late and a ridiculous foul in the final couple of seconds to give Oklahoma City three free throws and, and get that thing to OT. But they cleaned it up and wanted an OT anyway.
1: Yes, they did.
2: They are a half game behind the Jazz. Uh, other teams in the West, you heard the Spurs beating the Warriors there. DeJounte Murray had 27 points and 10 rebounds. Steph Curry with another shooting exhibition and hit a ridiculous buzzer beating three pointer, but it wasn't enough. The Warriors waiting for Clay Thompson to get back to whatever the, the next round of the Warriors is going to look like. It ought to be better than this. As they uh, battle in the bottom half of the playoff contenders right now, Spurs beat them 105
1: 100. Yeah, that's who they are, bottom half. I would agree with that.
2: Nuggets have lost four, three in a row, four out of five. The only win in that stretch is beating the Jazz. They got beat by the Bucks, 125-112. They were doing all right there in the first half, but the Bucks came out in the third quarter and took over and pulled away to a pretty comfortable win. Chris Middleton finishing with 29 points and 12 assists. You've been talking about Murray. He can't replicate the bubble and another game where he couldn't replicate the bubble, shooting four of 17.
1: Yeah, I think the Nuggets have a star and a half. I don't think Murray is – I don't think anybody's going to be looking at him. Boy, he needs to get himself on that all-star team. Obviously, Mr. Jokic is just all that. I mean, he. we didn't talk about it. We had 50 the other night. <laughs> uh, but he's a phenomenal player. But other than that, you know, they need guys to get hot, and you're not sure. They've got guys capable, but they don't think they have the consistent level that you – Need that you define by as a star and you got guys who can score from time to time but they're not you don't know from game to game what they're going to do which is why they're sort of a middle team here in the Western Conference
2: The Mavericks are they the biggest disappointment in the West this year? Rolling along in 13th place right now they did pick up a win, they beat the Timberwolves 127-122 Porzingis, Luka Doncic combining for 53 points as they beat the Timberwolves, who are the worst team in the West. Rockets get blown uh, out. Sure. Uh, Rockets get blown out by the Hornets. 119-94. Lamelo Ball, another big game. Twenty four points and ten assists. you heard a highlight from him there in the uh, montage. Yacht just played as the uh, the Rockets go down to defeat. They're back under 500 again at 11 and 12.
1: Yeah, we didn't talk about this because it was Friday night uh, when the Jazz played the Hornets, but Ball was very good on this one, and then he was very good on that one, too. I was watching a good portion of that game being on NBA television. That's two games now that I've seen him. Don't watch a lot of Charlotte Hornet basketball, if at all, but I did the last couple of games here, the last few days anyway, and he looks like uh, he might be worthy of that high pick.
2: Suns have won three in a row and six out of seven. They are now five games over 500, fourth in the West. They beat the Cavaliers, 119 to 113. Predictably, Devin Booker had a big game for him, 36 points, eight assists. But they did it uh, shorthanded. No Chris Paul. He's out with a hamstring injury, and I always expect he's going to miss some games at some point. We'll see how serious this is and how long he is out. But for one night, they were fine without him.
1: Yeah, don't discount the loss of Dario Saric,
2: too. Left ankle sprain. He's out. Bulls' Laurie and out two to four weeks. A sprained shoulder. Sprained that in the loss to the Orlando Come on, match. pronounce it. I know you want to. I put it in there just for you. Acromioclavicular. clavicular? Good job. Oh, really? No, no, no idea. I don't know where that acromioclavicular joint is. It's in the top of, the top of your shoulder right now. You had a shoulder injury once upon a time. You know anything about the shoulder, PK? Can you help us out? It hurt. There you go. Bill Baino resigned with the Indiana Pacers, citing mental health as a reason. 58 years old, began a leave of absence two weeks ago. Uh, Now you're going to leave the club here. And he's a former UNLV head coach a million million years ago, right? He was, yes. All right, DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag College Basketball. Kispert bounces
1: to Timmy, cutting the paint. Finger roll up and in. A beautiful move from Drew Timmy. The foul on Harms, and Drew's headed to the free throw line. Bulldogs swinging around the perimeter to Suggs. Suggs pulls up for a deep three and hits it. All net, Jalen Suggs. Gonzaga Bulldogs hold off a late charge by BYU, and they win the basketball game by a final score of 82 to 71.
2: Cougars fall to 15 and 5 on the year. They're 6 and 3 in league. They got down 15 to 2 and never really recovered from that. Never could really put pressure on Gonzaga anytime they got into single digits. It seemed like Gonzaga just pushed it right back to 15. Gonzaga is 19 and 0 on the year and in the Gonzaga locker room, they're talking about what a close game this was cuz this is almost as close a game as they played all year. They did have a 5-point game with West Virginia. But other than that, 11- and 12-point games are the next closest game they played. So I guess they were sweating this, PK.
1: I don't know if they were sweating it. I mean, they they were just really good. I can't speak for them. But I was disappointed with the Cougars. It looks like they were scared, intimidated, and frightened and all that stuff at the start. Just had no competitive fire at the beginning of the game.
2: 19 turnovers, a big problem, gave up a lot of uh, transition buckets there, made it easy for Gonzaga. Barcelo led the way with uh, 24 points. Jalen
1: Suggs was lighting it up for Gonzaga. He finished with 24. Yeah, Barcelo had 20, but uh, it was him and Averett and Lohner and Johnson were the guys who looked like they weren't intimidated. Pretty much everybody else in my mind looked like they were scared.
2: BYU is supposed to play St. Mary's in San Diego, but those games have been postponed during COVID concerns. Mark Pope said the staff will meet today and try to figure out who they could play, who they might play, who it's a good idea for them to play. So see if we hear any announcements out of BYU in the next day or two, because otherwise they're looking at a a long layoff, basically 10 days between games. 10 days, yeah. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag NFL definitely motivate you I mean if you're if you're a competitor and you get so close to your ultimate goal um, and then you fall short I mean it's something that will motivate you for the rest of your career I mean uh, it was a it was a bad feeling in that locker room after the game Uh, I mean you don't want to have that feeling again and so uh, uh, we luckily enough we'll have a lot of the same guys back um, and we'll, we'll obviously add new guys and and uh, we'll we'll set set the tone from the beginning of the year, beginning of the off season um, that we have to be uh, better. We have to be better than we were this last year in order to to go out there and win the Super Bowl.
2: Patrick Mahomes right there gonna motivate it. You don't want it to happen again, but it's kind of the nature of football PK. Tom Brady wins a lot and he basically wins one year out of three. and he wins a phenomenal amount. So that gonna be the last time Mahomes is in that situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was all basically cliché. If you're a competitor, blah, 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 blah. You want to beat your grandma on checkers. This is going to motivate you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, whatever.
2: Longtime NFL defensive back Richard Sherman set to become an unrestricted free agent next month. Told reporters he hopes to play two more years and then retire. He's 33. Says it would take a miracle for him to resign in San Francisco. They got a lot of free agents, and of course, everybody's going to have cap space issues. And what are they going to do? Well, it's a 33-year-old defensive back, so. My guess is he'll try to find somebody who's a playoff team who feels like they're one defensive back away from getting to the next level. But 33 for a defensive back, you're pretty old in the NFL.
1: <laughs> Daryl Green would like to talk to you.
2: <laughs> he's he's got to be Sherman's uh, go-to guy at this point, right? Anybody play longer than Daryl Green? George Blanda. As a defensive back?
1: Yeah, blando he would, he would only line up in the nickel.
2: DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag college football. Iowa
2: State coach Matt Campbell has agreed on a new contract through the 2028 season. His new deal adds three years on to his current deal. He's a big coach, big 12 coach of the year in 2020. as uh, They got to the big 12 title game for the first time, and to their first New Year's Six Bowl, so he's coach of the year for the third time in four years He's got a big contract. What are the odds, PK, that he's still coaching at Iowa State in 2028? You want to handicap that? 2028,
1: man, that's uh, a good long time away. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about him outside of you know just this, what he's been doing on when I watch on television. So I don't know where he's from. I don't know what his aspirations are. Uh, I don't even know how old he is, for that matter. I can go by what I've seen, but I'd have to look all that stuff up to see what uh, what what type of tie does he have to this area which could help you know i've always said that if you're uh one of these decent programs but not a great program i you don't know one of the marquee programs in the country you know like kyle whittingham he obviously had a tie here get one of your own so to speak i don't know if that's who campbell is
2: Uh, Matt Campbell, forty-one years old. He's basically an Ohio guy. He's in Iowa, so he's not uh, he's not that far away, but it's not that close either.
1: Yeah, I probably wouldn't have looked that up. I don't think our listeners really care, but I know that's who you are.
2: He's been linked to NFL jobs. So as much as it's college and get home and all that stuff, uh, is he going to get big money in the NFL? Yock just passed along uh, one more football note here that Marty, Marty Schottenheimer just passed away, and we knew he'd gone. Uh, all he had been battling Alzheimer's, and he. Gone into long-term care there. Long-time NFL coach with uh, multiple teams passing away this morning. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag Major League Baseball.
2: Seven-inning doubleheaders, PK. They're coming back for another season. And runners on second base to start extra innings will return. However, expanded playoff format will not return. Doesn't look like the National League's going to have the DH either. So, there you go. A partial back to normal and a partial continuation of what we saw in last year's shortened season.
1: Is that for the regular season?
2: Uh, That's how I took it when I saw it, the report. Okay. I mean, I I don't assume they're going to be playing doubleheaders in the playoffs, so I assume that
1: was regular season. Not. I was wondering if it was for spring training, and then they were going to see how they went after that. I don't know. I'm asking that question, not saying that's what it is. Uh,
2: I think it's regular season. Shohei Ohtani signs a two-year, $8.5 million deal with the Angels to avoid arbitration. What is Trendy's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing? There is no job too big or too small. Get personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Jazz and Celtics tonight. We'll talk with Eric Walden, Utah Jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune, and John Corrales, host of Locked On. Celtics will join us coming up at 9.05, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
1: <laughs> Number one. Make
0: in the Zone Sports Network.
2: Hot Ticks or toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillac at Jerry Seiner Cadillac today. Jazz and Boston Celtics coming up a little later than usual tonight, 8 o'clock start because the game is on TNT. Question of the morning, do we hate the Boston Celtics? And you lived in L.A. They hate the Celtics, PK. There's a they trans- but they, they played them in the finals a lot, too. So they got a lot of head-to-head battles with them. Yeah, you know, multiple generations. So for the rest of us, though, do we hate them? Obviously here you got the Gordon Hayward angle. He left here, but now he's gone. So there's still residual loathing over that? Or Hayward's moved on and you've gotten over it? Josh says, not anymore. So Josh must have been good in- Good and fired up for a while and then he let it go.
1: also think that uh, Ute fans way back didn't like Ainge. He's running the Celtics.
2: Yeah, there's another link for uh, a part of the fan base here. Kevin says, I don't hate. It's a waste of time.
1: Oh, you're missing out on one of life's great pleasures then. Good for you. Jersey, hello. I mean, really, sports is a waste of time if you want to think about that. So, come on. I, I disagree with that. That's part of the fun.
2: Ryan says, Gordon Hayward is gone, so I guess we cool. He's let it go. That's where Jujuro is since Boston got nothing out of Hayward and the Jazz got everything for Mitchell. I only dislike
1: them. Uh, that's close enough. <laughs> Ballpark to hate. Yeah. I don't hate them,
2: but I live next door over in uh, Dislikeville. Tony says hate's a strong word. I reserve that for the Lakers. I just dislike the Celtics. A lot. Oh, I don't see much difference there, then. It's a fine line, Tony. (laughs) Chad. My history of hate. Derek Fisher, Ronnie Cycli, Ron Harper, Dick Pavetta, Darren Williams, and Ennis Cantor. (laughs) Hate through the ages.
1: (laughs) Except I think they mean Derek Harper, not Ron Harper.
2: I think they do. (laughs) I don't know. Ron Harper, the Bulls, and (laughs) they got you all fired up because he was a Bull and a Laker. (laughs) (laughs) He's
1: also a Clipper. He made
2: Phil Jackson look good for too long.
1: And the Cleveland Cavalier. Yeah, but I Derek Harper correctly. was
2: you go live in Utah, so I think he did mean Derek Now run. Yeah.
1: Where's Hayward on that
2: list? Hayward or is, is it... not on that list. He didn't put Hayward in there. Wow,
1: come on. I
2: know that was the whole point, I thought.
1: If you have those guys, what's worse? Not wanting to come or not wanting to be here and leaving. Not wanting to be here and leaving. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I would agree with that 100%. Because then
2: you, you at least, if you don't want to come here, there's the out. Well, if they were here and they saw how good it was, then then that would win them over. Right? But yes. with the Hayward thing, it's like, now I saw you people up close. I'm I'm done with y'alls. <laughs> I, I can't heal you people any longer. I'm, I'm out of here.
1: I think Hayward was the biggest slap in the face that this franchise has ever had.
2: Ever. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the other people who were here, I'm looking at people on the list, you know, Bavetta's it's because calls and the other people. Uh, Cantor was here and spoke poorly after he left. But do you chalk that up to immaturity and yes. you know, he, he's just blathering? He doesn't actually know what he's talking about. I, I can't but take Jazz him seriously. Jazz brought that
1: upon themselves. I can't bro. take him
2: seriously. He's all over the place.
1: They drafted him way too high. And then, you know, they had to have O'Kerr as a countryman talk to him to try to get him to grow up. They should have known that. That's on them. Cantor was an immature person, but that – a large portion of that is on the franchise, the way I see it for drafting him in the first place. You should have known that he was somewhat of a goofball and was interested in entertaining and uh, like drama and those types of things and I think that he just lashed out because they got rid of him and he didn't know how to respond.
2: That makes sense to me. Be interesting now if uh I don't know if he has any regrets about that. How about D Will? Because there was the fallout with Jerry Sloan retiring. So that puts an extra spin on it. And they were pretty like sure that. he wanted to leave. I mean, they were pretty sure he wanted to leave. And, I think, you know, we didn't get to that moment, so he would have had the chance to change his mind. But I think everybody who covered the team in that era was pretty sure he was on his way out, too.
1: Well, Darren Williams is sort of a cliche story he gets there and uh, works his way in the lineup and then he becomes one of their better players and then he starts acting up like Deshaun Watson's not demanding a trade 2 or 3 years ago but he's established himself as a star so you can get away with those types of things and we've seen that that's that's as old as pro sports basically when you when you make it you know then you start exerting your influence and your willpower. So and I don't know that Darren Williams, any situation he was going to be in, he didn't seem like a very lovable guy. And then he made peace at the end. So, and it wasn't like, uh, man, Darren Williams was the missing piece. It's it's clear they should have drafted Chris Paul. And if you compare, the and Williams was okay. He was a nice player for them, no question. But if you're going to compare who they should have taken, they should have taken Chris Paul.
2: Well, Paul's obviously stuck around in the league a long time, but as far as the missing piece, I don't think either one of those guys is going to end up being the missing piece. I mean, Darren's done, so we know he never got to an NBA Finals. We'll see if Chris Paul does, but it doesn't look like he's going to.
1: Well, you would still take a Hall of Famer over a non-Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that.
2: Brian says, the pettiest fans in the NBA. Of course. Mm. Of course they hate the Celtics.
1: The pettiest. The pettiest? Yes. (laughs) More Uh, likely to be slighted than anybody else in Brian's book. What is uh, petty? What's the definition of petty? That's a wide-ranging. I would need more information on that. I could say, is petty, uh, is it, in a way, is it another word for emotional, uh, connected, uh, loyal, you know, what's the difference? I don't know that there's a, in, depending on how you define petty, there might not be much of a difference between that word and loyal and devoted, those types of words.
2: Which is why any slight, the fan base goes nuts. Because they're loyal and devoted.
1: Right, right. Don't I mean, that's, that's talk true. about
2: our guy like that. He's our guy.
1: Now, I've lived in the New York area and Phoenix, L.A. here, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Six teams, right? And in those markets, and I and I can say that this market obviously is the smallest of them, although living in Phoenix at the time, I've said this many times, reminds me of living here when I lived there in terms of their passion and connection to the team. There's a lot of connection there. I see a lot of similarities, but it seems like in this market, you know, they really build up these guys, that these guys are great guys, and they're... You know, when they're off time, they're helping old ladies across crosswalks and those types of things. And they really, really get into And I'm not saying that's bad, but they really get into that type of stuff. And it's really important that they view these guys as just not just great players, but special human beings. And, and you wonder, uh, you know, why is that? It doesn't seem like it mattered as much. You know, James Worthy gets picked up for prostitution before the game, and uh, uh, big pregame. All right, you know, what are you going to do out on the floor? You know, how would that be? That wouldn't fly here at all. Uh, and there's that, and that, and a lot of that is good. So I think they they build them up with not really knowing. Who these guys are you know I always saw like when, when Malone was always mangling the English language you know so many people would justify it well that's the way they talk down there and all instead of just saying oh, okay he's a great player and he mangles the English language and just leave it at that they felt the need to defend him for it like I'm thinking who cares <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well part he's of he's a great player yeah. Part of this goes back to what you said about, you know, Phoenix then. Because Phoenix now, they've got teams in so many sports leagues, and you just, the seasons run together, and if one team's no good, you just move on to the next team, right? The Cardinals had a a period where they sucked. They had a period where they are pretty good, and everybody hopped on board. And the Suns have been pretty good, and now they've sucked, and so everybody just kind of moves over to the Cardinals. But the Diamondbacks won their World Series, and they were the toast of the town then, so... I don't think you spend as much time in obsessing and latching onto a team and its players once you start getting that, you know, third and fourth team in town. Um, And you'd have Uh, the same experience in New York and New Jersey. I mean, there's just so many. And when you got one team, man, it is is everything, and you just analyze it and go back over it again. And, you know, we haven't lived in Portland day in and day out. And it's funny because I think there's part of that going on in Portland – but there is something in Portland where it isn't—it's important, and they're really fired up about the team, like the players. And, you know, Lillard's their star now, but it's other guys in other generations. But talking to the guys in Sports Talk Radio who've gone from here up to there, and we've had a couple of them, uh, it's it's not the same thing. You know, it, it is more intense here, which is going to lead to all the stuff you talk about. Yeah, that's fine. So it's, it's partly being in that one team—that one horse town, but— it's still, it's still different here.
1: I, I think it is different. I mean, we, we place a, a, a big-time value on that type of stuff, and I think the franchise knows that and, and tries to get guys who will fit into the community as much as possible and have that be as good as possible, and that's great. And there's uh, nothing – I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just – and I think the management is aware of that. And if they have that, then then great. I just, I mean, I don't know what these guys do in their private time, nor do I want to know. It's really none of my business. <laughs> you know. To me, they're all basketball players. That, that's it. That's the, that's the way I look at them. Now, don't go break the law and all that stuff, and don't get in the way of winning. That's the, I think that's one of the bigger things I admire about the franchise is they don't have issues that get in the way of winning. And if they have an issue that gets in the way of winning, they tend to remedy it pretty quick. And I think that's important. You know, if you're not going to have the best player in the league combining with another top ten player, you have to find other ways in which you're trying to win. And you know, having everyone Pushing towards the same goal, I think, is goes a long way. And once you have guys that are taking different routes and everybody's not on that same path, well, it's going to be harder to get to that destination. You may never get to that destination of winning at all, but at least if you're all pulling in the same direction, you know, you got to have the, you're going to have a better chance. And so, I really appreciate and respect that they try to be as drama-free as possible. Because that just sucks. And we've had many teams over the years have had drama, and it's just not worth it. You're never, once you introduce drama, unless you're overwhelmingly Shaq Colby talented, and even them, they got some titles, but they left probably as many out on the table as they got. Now they got them, good for them, because they were overwhelmingly talented. Uh, and it seems like those guys like drama and it seemed like for whatever reason, Phil jo- Jackson, drama seemed to follow him, too. And he knew how to manage it. Uh, and so it worked for them. But they had overwhelming talent, so they could g- get away with it most of the time or some enough of the time to be considered legacy players. For sure. The rest of the franchises, you know, unless you have that overwhelming talent, it's probably not going to be the case. And so I really respect that they they try to eliminate drama as much as possible.
2: David says, we don't hate Boston. We love Boston and the fact the Celtics saved us from ourselves.
1: Uh, That's interesting, though. How would that have been? I don't know that necessarily he would have been a bust here. How would it have been? I can argue, man. They would have still drafted Mitchell. I mean, I don't know that. You cannot just take out one thing put it back in its place, and then every other piece falls in exactly the way it did and has. So you don't know that for sure, but to me, uh, I think that uh, Mitchell wasn't going to be denied. And so I don't know that Hayward is ever going to be a number one option. Remember how Stan Van Gundy came on and said he was a number four option?
2: I do remember that.
1: And that I seemed do. like wow, that was way down the line as far as what we thought. But as a second or third option? You know? Would he have would he would it work? Maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe he thought of himself as, hey, I'm such a big fish in a small pond here and I gotta get out. It's funny because, you know, I think he did think of himself like that and he wanted the glory and all that stuff. And Boston was going to get it, Boston. When Boston wins, there's no franchise bigger in the NBA. There's there's ones as big, for sure. Uh, You know, Chicago, you know, the usual suspects with the size of the city, uh, and obviously the Lakers. But when Boston wins, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, They haven't won in a while, but it is a pretty big deal when they do win, certainly. Uh, And so he went and chased the bright lights, and it didn't work. And now he's back. In a market that's probably, I don't know, I'm not in the Charlotte market. I've been to Charlotte. Uh, they had the NBA draft there. And I covered it when Van Horn was there. Just my luck, the one year. And it's in Charlotte when the watchdog sent me back. Instead of not you know, not New York or some glamour place in the summer. It was in Charlotte. And I was killing time the day before the draft, walking around town. And I kept bumping into Tim Duncan and his family. Because they were doing the same thing. And it was so small, it seemed like every block I was seeing them. <laughs> this is a small place. So Hayward went to what I would think is a smaller place. And so now he's going to thrive again. Was he one of those guys that was made for prime time? I don't think so. And if you had Mitchell, who Mitchell seems like he's made for prime time, and he can handle himself. And, I mean, Hayward, if Shaq would have said that to Hayward, which obviously you never would have, uh, geez, Hayward might have been gone for six weeks. And Mitchell just let it roll off his back and use it as motivation.
2: So it's hard to know how it would have played out if Hayward had still been on the roster. But it's easy to see things like, you know, Bogdanovich isn't here and they don't have the money for him. And they've already got Hayward. You think about the big shots – Bogdanovich has hit, right? To beat Milwaukee, to beat Houston. Other big shots, not as dramatic as that. But those, those are the two most dramatic ones just because. He was a better player than Bogdanovich. You like him better? Because oh, in the yes. biggest moments? Yes. Because yes. It, it drove you nuts him driving down the lane, looking for a foul at the end of the game and flinging the ball off the backboard. Now he's a young player, so maybe he gets into that. Yeah, but Bogdanovich role.
1: wasn't driving down the lane. I think that part of that was coaching too. Yeah, I, remember, I mean, one time I I said that about coaching, and then Locke asked me, "Well, what play I would draw up?" I said, "I have no friggin' idea what play I would draw up. <laughs> I just know that play sucked. I'm not a coach. I'm not being paid five million. I'm being paid what I'm being paid to second guess. So that's my job. So I'm going to be critical. That place sucked. Doesn't mean I know what play to draw up. That's not what I'm getting paid for." <laughs> So, I always like that. Well, what 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 would you have done? Hell if I know what I would have done. <laughs> Hell if I know. <laughs> so, that's not what I'm, my job description is. My job description isn't to draw up coaching plays uh, in the final seconds. My job is to criticize them or praise them. That's what I'm getting paid for. But, to, to me, I mean, Bogdanovich isn't driving down the lane creating uh, – The ball got to him with uh, no time left, and he shot it and went in. Good for him, and that's great. But I still, if I look at the two players, Hayward's better than Bogdanovich.
2: More skilled, but does he really want the big moment? And it goes back to wanting the bright lights.
1: Does he want – I think he does, and, and this is probably what all of us do, I think we do under our own terms. So
2: then do your terms work or not?
1: Oh, I think it could have worked here. If I've got Mitchell as the lead dog and i got got Gobert guarding the rim, yeah. I think Hayward would have figured it out. Because I also think players want to win, too. And winning is what's going to bring you the most attention. You can look at a number of players throughout the years, going back, Hornacek, okay, you get more shots and all that stuff if you would have stayed in Philadelphia, but you weren't even close to winning. They sucked at the time. So he came here and loved it because he was winning. So I think, and, and then if you don't want that as far as winning, and maybe you have to sacrifice a little bit, then I don't want you here in the first place.
2: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. More jazz talk coming up, more Celtic talk with Eric Walden. 8.30 this morning, jazz writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. John Corrales host. Locked On Celtics at 9.05, right here on 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone.
1: Now let's get this party started! This
0: is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. Have we ever talked to John on the air? No. No. And I've got questions. Is he there? I'm here. Hey,
2: John, how are you? Hey, John.
0: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: Uh, yeah. John, why we have you? No, no. Uh, we've had a, uh-huh. a, a long back and forth about a pitchfork incident. I want to know the details of my buddy here and your brother running a pitchfork through you.
0: <laughs> we were out working and you know cleaning our ends or whatever you want to call it, and uh, he thought that he was like King Triton and he uh, threw that pitchfork and uh, oh! he sadly screwed <laughs> up. He right on the mark and put it right underneath the kneecap. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, and I killed a guy with a trident. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
2: Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at DavisVisionMD.com. Got multiple questions up on Facebook. Major League Soccer players ratified the agreement with the league to avoid a work stoppage, so the season begins as planned. How about that good news? And we've got uh, people posting gifs of babies yawning, Bugs Bunny (laughs) yawning, Kermit turning, giving you a deadpan. He's buckled up though behind the wheel of a car. Kermit's very safe.
1: Oh, good. That's that's the
2: bigger picture here is PK. Nobody wants to hear about your labor troubles right now. Figure it out. Play the games. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's sick of the pandemic. America needs a little entertainment. So if you can play a game, and I suppose bigger picture, make a movie, sing a song, don't tell me about it, the labor problems. The entertainment industry needs to entertain. So soccer games will go on a schedule for the people who love that. Good for them, and nobody wants to hear it. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, go right down the line. Game time. Please entertain me.
1: Yeah, I think that's the issue here. Rather than the individual, and I realize soccer is a always somewhat of a lightning rod topic. The people who are in it just defend it to the nth degree, and the people who hate it want to rip it to, as much as the other guy wants to defend it. So you've got this constant volley going back and forth. And I, that, it'll it'll be that way, I think. Well, who knows? For the next 50 years, maybe. Uh, people try to say it's, it's growing in popularity. Oh, no, it's not. It sucks and it's boring, blah, blah, blah. So we can just debate that back and forth forever, uh, at least for the next X amount of years. But I think that in the world we live, we're all always looking for good news. And I think you're exactly right, is sports has been that great escape for so many of us, and it's been a form of entertainment. And it's one of the reasons why I just said my respect for the jazz is no drama because I just hate that, man. I want to turn on whatever it is, whatever floats my boat sports-wise, and be entertained. I don't want to know about all this other stuff. And we've had a lot of that, and I think that's, for some people, you know, that's the stuff of well I don't want the politics in. Now if your politics match what the player's politics are, well then by all means let's have politics. You know, but if the second somebody comes out and says, "Hey, you know, I I just I'm so against abortion or what have you." We don't it seems like you can only really be vocal one way. Maybe and Drew Brees said his grandfather or whomever stood for the flag. The next thing you know, he had to apologize. And maybe I'm loosely remembering the reason why he apologized, but I do know he had to apologize. So it seemed like depending on what your view is, you know, if, if you, your view is one thing is okay and then your view another way over here, it will keep you out of Hall of Fame. Kurt Schilling's supporters think that. Whether it's true or not, that's what they think. So you've got that going on. So I think for us, a lot of, for many of us anyway, we turn on the TV and we follow sports to have fun with it. And labor isn't necessarily politics in the way we define politics, but it's still soccer has enough people to make the league go and it's been around, and it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, and it's looking like they're expanding almost every year, it seems. So it's a viable option for those who are interested. And I think most, if not all, sports fans are completely and totally turned off by labor issues. So this is good news. Whether you like the sport or not, it doesn't really matter. This is good news. And for those who like it, you're going to get it. And you're going to get it on time, I believe, right? I mean, this isn't going to start here next month. And that's a good thing. So I believe that is a good thing. If you don't like it and you want to make fun of it, that's your call. Don't turn it on. No one's forcing you. But for those who like it, to have it available to them, this is good news.
2: You think it was baseball in 94 that kind of um, flipped it like people had just had enough? Because up until then, there'd been a lot of labor stoppage. And the NBA's had a couple since then. But it seems like... There's more of an awareness, like, hey, we got to be careful how far we push this.
1: I think, I think they do. Yeah, I think they're aware of that. But I think the fan hates it on every level. Wasn't it? uh, Was it 1981? The the baseball was interrupted, and then they have like halves or something. Yeah,
2: they had the first half of the season, and then there was labor issues in the middle of the summer. And then they came back, they figured it out, and got a deal. And So they had the second half of the season. And the thing I'll always remember about that is that, well, the Dodgers won the World Series, but the Reds had the best record and didn't qualify for the playoffs because they weren't hot enough in either half. But they were really consistent, and that's when baseball playoffs were still really, you know, it was still only four teams going. And so they got got aced out of it, and people were like... What was that? <laughs> what was that? And then the NFL had a couple seasons, had a bizarro nine-game season, and they had a season that they, they used players who broke the, uh, the picket line, uh, the scab players, and they counted the games as official games, and that was completely weird. But then when baseball didn't have the World Series, basically it comes down to, well, if you have your labor problems, we'll hate you for it, but we'll come back. But don't take away the championship. Because in all of these, you know, baseball had the World Series the other two times, and football had the Super Bowl, and basketball's had a couple of big disruptions here. One was a 50-game season. I think the other was 66. And they had the NBA. But they still had the NBA playoffs. They had the NBA finals. They had the disruptions at the start of the season. Don't wipe out the championship. Because when there was no World Series in 94, that definitely rubbed a lot of baseball fans the wrong way. And it cost the sports some momentum.
1: Uh, to me, anything, any any form of labor. You all, as Dave Rose said to us years ago, <laughs> you guys got a good thing going, don't screw it up. That was good.
2: solid advice from Dave Rose. Very simple. It was very but, simple, and it was spot on. That's that's yeah. good advice. When in doubt, remember this. It's not complicated.
1: Right. And, I, and I actually remember
2: that, man. I oh, remember I do. when he said it. I, I thought and, it was hilarious when he said it, and it's yeah. funny now. It's funny because it's so simple, and yet it's so true And you could go around, you know, movies, music, you know, whatever. I mean, well, we've seen it in music, right? Groups that are just crushing it, and and there's personalities and whatever, and they break up, and then then they realize, you know, a decade or two later, maybe we ought to overlook that and start touring again. That was good times. (laughs) Right, yeah. We we were printing money. I mean, we could get along enough to do that, couldn't we?
1: And I've known Dave for a long time. I think of all the coaches in the community, he's the one I've known the longest. And— I had talked to him about this job because like Bronco Mendenhall, when I went from the newspaper to the radio and quit the newspaper, he quizzed me on why I did that. Yeah. You know, what was that? I remember standing there on a practice field and he wanted to know. He was interested in knowing why I did what I did. And we I remember talking to him about it and I told him I explained it and he said, Oh, okay. I'll treat you the same way then because he did treat differently guys who were there every day versus guys who weren't. And so for him, it was all about putting in the work and Dave, I've gotten to know a little bit on a personal level. And I remember having a discussion with him about doing what I was doing and why I was doing it. And so he had some knowledge and then he comes out on the, I said, he said it on the air. He said, you guys got a good thing going. Don't screw it up. (laughs) And he said it like big brother and he's a little bit older than I am. And so, yeah, that made sense. And I think that's the way most people view these sports. You guys are lucky enough to play the game, I think that's one of the reason why Joe Ingles has made this incredible connection. This foreign dude speaking English as a native language, so that certainly has helped. But he's a foreign guy coming over here. And he knows. He says it time and time again. I'm very, very lucky to be doing this. He's so he constantly expresses gratitude. And his negotiation was like, "Okay, you're going to give me this money. Man, that's a heck of a lot of money. Boop, I'm going to sign. Boom, it's done." And so I think that attracts him to the fans. And I don't think he's doing it to make himself attractive to the fans. I think he's doing it because that's who he is. And I think that's the way most fans want to view this. That you guys have scored big time, and you're very now you work to get it. I'm not saying. And you just roll out of bed, and the next thing you know, you're an NBA player. But nevertheless, you've got a good thing going. Don't screw it up. I think that's the way most people view sports as far as labor goes.
2: I think that, uh, well, was it 2013 or 14? Somewhere in there, there was a labor agreement in soccer, and I really wondered if they weren't going to get it done, which would be a terrible idea. This one felt like it was always going to get done. It was going to get pushed right to the end, and the owners were going to get most of what they wanted, and the players would get... A few things here and there. Save some face. Okay, this isn't that expensive. We'll give it to you. But it was always, always going to get done. So, it's done. Next. All right, next up for the Jazz is the Boston Celtics tonight. Coming up, we got more on that game. And Eric Walden, Jazz writer for the Trib, joins us in half an hour right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.